Hello, and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast, episode 16-2. We're your hosts. My name is the angel, Rob Nichols. And I am the hunter, Dean. That was terrible. That was terrible. <laughs> it's got to start with a P. The hunter, Peen. Pern Pickles. <laughs> we can't start the show. I'm just cracking myself up. Thank you and good night. Um, this is a video game music podcast where we listen to great video game music from all generations and all consoles, and we we pick uh, goofy topics and we have fun with them. Honestly, I think the further into the show we get, the goofier the topics become because they kind of have to. I know because we're still on this just path of not repeating topics, and it's going to not happen. Yeah. We're uh, not repeating any topics for at least another year. Before we begin everything, I want to say thank you to everyone who who showed up during our live stream uh, a couple weeks ago. It was a lot of fun. For our third anniversary. It got a little crazy, got a little silly. Got we a had, little tinkly. Got a, it got a little messy, <laughs> but it was a good time, and it, it really meant a lot to us that everyone showed up and everyone had really nice things to say, and we had a good time. Um, we all developed a nice metronome cult following. That's right. Hail the metronome. Forever and ever. So let's start off year four right with a silly topic and with an excellent guest. We have Ed Wilson from the VG Embassy podcast. Welcome. Hello, boys. <laughs> Hello, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it. It was perfect. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even said the topic. It doesn't like, matter. Right I know. <laughs> So, um, you, well, how did this come up? We said we were talking about um, topics, and we talk about supernet the show Supernatural on the show. A we weren't bit. even talking about topics; it was just we were talking about the show on yes. an episode, and Ed caught it and was like, "This is this could work. Yeah. <laughs> it's the idea, mm-hmm. and it was perfect." So, I'm going to put you on the spot, Ed. What is Supernatural? All right, so uh, Supernatural is a show that's in its 14th season, and it is about a pair of brothers. Uh, well, originally started with a pair of brothers and their dad, uh, Sam and Dean Winchester, and their dad, uh, John Winchester. And uh, they hunt demons and monsters and vampires and werewolves. And so there's like this secret underground in, in like the world that we live in where yeah. the monsters exist and they basically try to keep themselves hidden and feed on people and torment people but these hunters kind of work behind the scenes to uh, take down these monsters all over the world and so Sam and Dean are these two brothers that uh, basically crisscross the world looking for monsters in secret and uh, they kill these monsters and then mm-hmm. you know after after the seasons go on the stakes start getting higher and higher and pretty soon they're like meeting God and meeting the devil and saving the world over and over again so yeah. it just it kind of escalates mm-hmm. and it gets it's it's so awesome a lot of people think that it's like just this kind of cheesy fan servicey kind of show but I don't know I've been watching for quite a while and I really like it but, they, but don't discredit it because it actually is <laughs> I mean, a like, cheesy yeah. fan servicey show but it works yeah, they, in exactly. such a way. They, 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 they keep all of that crazy, cheesy fan service in, but they do it in a way that you're like, yeah, more, 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 please. <laughs> After <laughs> like 13, 12, 12 or 13 years, they start getting really self-referential. Yep. Um, it's just some weird, weird stuff happens on the show where they meet themselves as actors. They find out that their, their lives have been written as books, and those books have been 
popular and then those books have created fan fiction about themselves like it's it's like three layers deep and it's still but it's just these two guys hunting ghosts and demons and monsters and I, yes and, yeah. and they were they were once uh in in the audience for a uh, high school play based yes. on the books which was based on their lives that's how meta this show gets and i like the fact in particular that when this show came out, it was originally on the WB, which is now a dead network. Yeah, or CW. Yeah. No, it was the WB. It was called the WB. It was the WB the with Warner the dancing Brothers frog. That yeah. only, you could only see him dancing when no one was looking. Otherwise, he was a dead frog. But anyway, yes. I digress. Very good. It started on the WB, and when the WB went under, Supernatural was pretty much the only show that carried over to the CW, which the new, which was the new network. That was like the only show they kept. Huh. And kept running it. And when I really caught on to it, I was more so about it being on the CW. I was clicking with that. I was like, this is just one of those generic melodramatic shows where all the guys are heartthrobs and mm-hmm. the women are always in distress. I just mm-hmm. kind of ignored it. Yeah. Somebody put the word out to me. I was like, you know, we should just give this show a shot. I don't even remember what it was. And I started watching it, and I got hooked. Like, I was legitimately hooked. And it was one of those shows where I was slightly embarrassed to tell people I liked it because, again, <laughs> it was a CW drama. Yep. I'm not supposed to like that. But, right, right. But it hooks you in. Yep. And, and she, years later, I was like, you know what? I, I couldn't give two hoop goots I love this show. And if you don't like it, you're missing out. So there's going to be a lot of inside jokes, a lot of references to the show we'll try to explain what we can but really we're just gonna have fun and you're gonna listen oh here's <laughs> the thought to talk about we it. gotta mention this though we gotta mention because i just realized cast. we never confirmed how the heck it is that we're doing a video game podcast about supernatural and the hook is that supernatural over the years has featured pretty much any monster you can think of and if you have if you think of a monster they haven't featured oh, yeah it's like cthulhu or something it's probably because it's gonna be in season yeah, 15 or even um like uh like a greek god or like other kinds of mythology all that right. stuff it's like they dabble with a little bit of everything everything so so it's like so we- we're picking music based on maybe some of the monsters or maybe some of the stories and we'll talk about that exactly yeah um you know i really tried to pick songs that feel like they would belong in the show uh, nice. and from from games that even have themes that run alongside the show too so um there's this is like this whole aesthetic you know the guys um the winchesters are always wearing like flannel or like you know stuff from like carhartt like they're they're very kind of rugged looking and they have this kind of like classic rock uh soundtrack and style to the show so i really tried to like make my picks kind of meet up with that with that visual aesthetic and that audio aesthetic that, oh, the, awesome. that the series has always had oh very cool so let, let's start with some of your your music then because i think we all went in different directions and i'm really excited to listen because i haven't listened to any of your tracks yet so what's the oh, first cool. one you want to go with all right so i'm going to start off with the song uh it's called off-roading and it's from the game Hellsign. And this game is uh, its brand new. It's still on Steam and Early Access, so huh. they don't have any credits in the game yet, so I don't know who the composer is. All right, let's check it out. Hellsign from the game... No, off-roading from the game Hellsign. <laughs> Hellsign, let's go.
You're listening to the song Off-Roading from the game Hellsign. It's for the PC or I guess on Steam. And there's an unknown composer or, or band. This is some heavy, heavy stuff and very, very supernatural. Absolutely. Like I, like I was saying before, this whole uh, the show has this very kind of like, uh, you know, classic rock aesthetic. Um, the creator of the show, Eric Kripke, is a huge Led Zeppelin fan and loves classic mm-hmm. rock. So he really kind of built the show around that whole audio um, genre. And uh, this this game is is literally about a hunter. Um, so it's it's almost like you're playing as as a hunter from the supernatural show. Mm-hmm. Um, you go to bars, you uh, listen to like the uh, the talk, and the, the well the bar is kind of like kind of like in, in in the movie Deadpool. Like the bar was this kind of hub for um, getting jobs, like as as a mercenary. Except these mercenaries hunt demons instead of you know uh, bad guys. So you'd, you'd go to these bars, and this music would be playing in the background. You talk to the bartender, and you'd you'd get uh, like a mission of uh, whatever kind of demon or ghost or whatever you're hunting. And then you have these arcane books that you look through and you can highlight different passages. And these passages will tell you which weapons you need to bring to your hunt. And so you drive out to the to the house and then you kind of walk around. It's this isometric view kind of game where oh, everything's neat. dark except for the stuff that you're looking yeah. at. And then, uh, you know, monsters pop out and you try to kill them. And if not, then, you know, you die and lose some money or whatever. But uh, it's very much like Supernatural in terms of uh, the hunting aspect of it. It doesn't really have an overarching story right now because it's still an alpha, but this music and this game, I think, were really kind of built off the show. I think the designers actually probably watched the show and, and uh, you know, took a lot of inspiration from it. They're Honestly, fans, yeah. three quarters of that description made me think you were describing a television show and not a video <laughs> game. <laughs> this is awesome. I am super into this. We were talking about how this, this track oozes the character Dean who's kind of like the hard-drinking, kind of tough guy. Pie-loving. Lover boy, tough guy. He doesn't take crap from nobody. But I mean, like, but, but still has like a pet. Yeah, he loves pie. He sounds like a baby face, though. I mean, like, I mean, these these guys are handsome. Like, don't get me Like, they are supposed to be, like, rugged and, like, in the woods, but, like, they they look good. <laughs> like, at some point during their, on, on their long, you know, eight-hour drive to some midwestern town to fight like a ghost they're getting nice haircuts <laughs> they're getting yep. they're getting um some moisturizer they have t- they infinite t- stubble you know their beard never grows out it's never clean shaven it's always just perfect stubble for some yeah. some reason somehow there's, there's a thing that a lot of these shows do that always bugs me where it's like these these cool bad badass guys and they're always drinking beer and then you look at the um the actor and you're like that actor does not drink beer all the time like that <laughs> you don't you, your body doesn't stay that way, you know? Well, with all that saving people and hunting things mantra going on, I mean, I guess they just run off the calories that I, quickly. I don't think it works. I don't think it'll work that fast. You'd have to kill a lot of demons. I mean, I mean, my Fitbit says I have five more demons to run through before... <laughs> what are you guys? Are you the Flash? You kill demons by running through them? No, I mean, I mean, you know, I just, as a matter of course, slaying the demons, and then before I can go to bed, Get all my steps in. Yeah, but there's a lot that goes in there. There's the dodging, there's the there's the stabbing and the, right. and the dodging and the melodrama. All these things factor into the caloric the caloric burn. <laughs> the caloric burn. Yeah, but there's there's a lot of magic in that show too. So maybe they've got spells that keep them fit for all we know that they just do when the show isn't on. They oh, just say Azeroth, Metreon, Zinthos, and boom. Yeah, some of boom. Some of, some of the crazy magic, uh, uh, body changing magic. I don't know. 
Yeah. Um, so my first track is um, it's a little bit more low key, but I wanted to pick I want to pick music that referenced some of the episodes and some of the more memorable um, stories that they've told in the show. So this is from the game. So I mean, honestly, I never played any of these games, either, but uh, this is the game called Condemned Criminal Origins for the Xbox 360. And this is the main theme composed by Nathan Grigg. And I'll talk about the game and its relation to the show after the music. was the main theme from the game Condemned Criminal Origins. You find that for the Xbox 360 and it is composed by Nathan Grigg. So um, Condemned Criminal Origins is kind of a action detective sl- kind it's of game. It's a fantastic game. Yeah, it's good? Oh, yeah. Um, so what I know about it is that you're you're chasing a killer or like a serial killer and so part of the game is action and survival and part of the game is doing detective work inside these condemned old buildings. Yeah, and they the way it is working out is that you end up in the environment and they kind of I don't want to say all right grade you but there's a certain like a slight score that comes into like the detective activities mm. where just how yes how you progress the game but depending on how well you do it, it just your score goes up and then the combat is a first person fisticuff like like melee brawler with the occasional gun. Oh, interesting. And the concept is that, that. your main character mm-hmm. I can't remember what happened to him, but he's a, something in his brain. It comes. This is a really weird plot where it involves like aliens and mess. Yeah. But there's an issue with his brain that causes him to see really messed up stuff. So like he'll be seeing people that are actually like mangled monster look monstrous looking people. And while you are just kind of having normal fights with them, as you get further into the game, their faces look more and more twisted and mangled. Oh wow! And they make creepy sounds. <laughs> and I will say it also has one of the scariest stages I have ever played in the game 
where you're walking through an abandoned mall and there's like a bunch of mannequins like stationed in the different shops and it starts to get to like you walk for a little while with nothing happening we're just like okay keep following the trail and then you start noticing the mannequins are in weird positions and they start to kind of shift out of view when you, like, you turn around and you turn back the mannequin's gone and then out of nowhere you just start getting like, made, like assaulted by these things like out of nowhere and it's done in such a well crafted huh. way that Years later, even, it's still stuck with me how they actually portrayed that atmosphere and how they made those mannequins work to literally scare the bejeebus out of oh, the wow. player. But I definitely could say, I re- even now, I think I could recommend Criminal um, criminal Origins or Condemned. And, odd trivia note, if you watch that de- now defunct show Heroes, which was the show about the superhumans with mm-hmm. the moon or whatever, and... Mm. Um, the guy who played the cop in that show, I think it was like Greg Grunberg or something. Yeah. He does the voice for the main character oh, in okay. Condemned. Very cool. I and mean, it actually works out pretty well. Very cool. Yeah, so I picked this because there's one episode where um, there's a bunch of people in an apartment building, like a really old building that's been turned into condos or something, and they're getting killed by this ghost in this really horrible ways. And they find, they do some research, and they find that this building was owned by like the like America's first serial killer. And so this guy actually bought uh, a giant apartment building. People went in to live in it and he was like kind of slowly picking them off one by one. And his ghost like was still in the building. And it's one of my favorite episodes because it is so scary. Like it is legitimately scary. All the tight, tight spaces they have to go through and the gruesome murders and and, and the fact that people are living and there's, there's a, a, a killer ghost watching them at any time. It's really cool. Was it, that the episode where there was the moment where they ended up going behind the walls and there was that prison in the basement? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that was it. Yep. That, oh, was a, so that was a creepy episode. It's so good. I mean, it's really early in the show. Um, and that's the thing about Supernatural is that you can kind of jump around from episode to episode across seasons, usually, and still just get a whole lot of, like, cool, you know, fun, you know, Supernatural yeah. action show i thought you there's were about kinda, this. like two different types of of episodes mm-hmm. there's like the monster of the week episode where the, the you know the guys just show up in a town kill whoever is you know like haunting it or, or terrorizing it and then move on and then there's the kind where like they have this overarching story for every single season and uh those are the shows that like you can't just jump into but the monster of the week episodes it's, yeah. it's real easy and to even if you haven't seen it before to, to just watch it yeah, and there's, I, a, there's enough of them too yeah i actually yeah. thought you were about to say that the show like the way the show handles being serious because I feel like the early episodes, the show, it had its bits of humor, but I feel like it was trying to be more serious up mm-hmm. until like season mm-hmm. maybe three or yeah, so. Yeah. Like light humor with mostly serious aspects. Like the most of the scarier episodes were between seasons like one and four. Like they were legitimately scary episodes. And then later on, it was just like, everything is just like, got a, like a heavy cheese factor, but by that part, you're already invested in the characters oh, yeah. and the atmosphere. She's like, I'm good with this. Yeah, I'm cool with Mystery Spot. Let's just do this thing. Yeah, let's do some crazy... Yeah, the Mystery Spot. Let's do some crazy, cheesy stuff. I- I'm into it. So, Pranel, what, what did you what did you bring to the table? Well, I'll say the track first, and then I'll lead into why I chose it. Yeah. So, I'll just dive right on it. All right. So, this track is from the game Werewolf, The Last Warrior. And the track title... Well, it's not really a title so much as what it is, which is the stage theme for when you're in the werewolf form. Mm-hmm. And this is composed by composers Shogo Sakai, Takafumi Mayura, and Yusuke Takahama.
Welcome back. You're listening to Werewolf, the last warrior track title being not so much a track title, but the Werewolf stage theme composed by Shogo Sakai, Takafumi Mayora, and Yusuke Takahama. Hmm. So why the heck did I pick this track? Well, my ideology behind the logic here is like I was focusing I'll take towards the monsters in the show because as mentioned earlier, Supernatural has touched on pretty much I would well, I won't say everything, but a great deal of various monsters from different lores and mythologies. Yeah, all the way to like Grimm's fairy tale stuff. Yes, yeah. and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Though I like to also make jokes, and I'll probably make mention of this throughout the episode, like the, how they kind of neuter the monsters because they have to fit it within like a CW budget, and they can't go too far because so that- ultimately this is still a drama, not a you know, like a crazy action-packed yeah. show. Yeah, I have something I want to say about that later. Yeah. So what that comes up with this, I was like, well, werewolves are very prominent or prevalent in the series. They come up quite a bit. And as far as this goes, this particular game, as I mentioned that mm-hmm. they mess with monsters and supernatural, this game takes the concept of the werewolf and just borks the living daylights out of it, too. <laughs> so the idea behind Werewolf the Last Warriors is that you're like a second Earth and there's machinery and forests and ninjas and robots. And you're a man yeah. who takes on the uh, ancient spirit that gives him the power of the warwolf werewolf. And you don't even have hands anymore. Once you become the warwolf, your hands just become blades. You're walking around with two blades, <laughs> no fingers, no means to do anything functional. And yet you're a killing machine who can grapple across the ceiling by stabbing it. It's a very <laughs> odd game. Courtesy of my dad's trips to the bargain bin at Woolworth. Oh, I love it. It's a bargain bin. It's a bargain bin find, huh? That's right. It was 1999 at Woolworth. We thought it was a stupid game at the time because he brought it home. We'd never heard of it. It's just this weird game. Like, mm. what the heck is this crap? And then we put us like, this is actually kind of fun. Well, the, the werewolves in the show later on, there's a character who is another hunter who becomes a werewolf. Oh, that's Garth. You know, uh, Garth. Right, so, I love yeah. Garth. He was—he's like one of my favorites, and they probably killed him, didn't they? I'm sure they killed him. I don't remember what happened feel to like, Garth in the end. I don't want to say it because people no. might want to watch that. Episode. I know every character. I, mean, I feel like uh, I just want to just give a lot of spoilers about the show. I don't know if even if it's even worth it because there's so much like story, but he is one of my favorite parts of the show. Like him and like some of the more goofier characters. And, but and anybody who meets with the brothers in the show ends up dying anyway. Well, it's funny you mentioned that idea yeah. because, well, both <clears> that <throat> statement and Garth, because the supernatural tangent to the werewolves that I wanted to mention came from an episode that, for me, I liked. I ended up liking it a lot more after it concluded. But when I first started watching, I was kind of annoyed by it. Mm-hmm. And from what I gather, the fan base wasn't too big on it. It was an episode where it was like a student film. And the show wasn't yes. even about Sam and Dean. It was about the people filming the student yeah, film. And they just kind of got on the camera every oh, once in a blue moon. And it featured a girl who unfortunately ends up, you know, becoming a werewolf. Yeah. And crazy stuff happens around this student film. And it not only goes into, like, how they kind of pers- um, personalize the werewolves and make them kind of more of endearing people sometimes instead of just killing machines, but it also, as an episode, is a great job of showing that they hit a certain point in the series where they just said, you know what? We're just going to do whatever the heck we want because, quite frankly, the fan base is already here. What is it going to do wrong? Yeah. Nothing. Um, yeah, it's I, lo- I love that stuff, especially since later on, that, that's a kind of a turning point where they start to say, like, you know, some of these monsters are, have have emotional lives, too. Like, they're not just horrible beings. 
And so some of them they let go, you know, and some of them they become they befriend. Yep. Some of them Dean, Dean just kills anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> they get better at that later on too. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of moral dilemma there because they're yes. they've been trained all their lives to to see monsters as you know subhuman and they're just they don't deserve to live. And but then so many of them have these uh, real emotional backstories or real reasons to live. Like they're not trying to kill humans; they're trying to mm-hmm. find a way around surviving without living off of humans. And so you know the boys all often have to make these decisions of whether or not they can trust these monsters to keep on living their lives without destroying humanity. So it's pretty cool. But at the same time, they've also been trained to kill these things that look like humans, to dispose of the bodies in you know illegal ways. Uh, yep. Everything like, about what they do is illegal. It's horrible. I mean, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, where are they getting their money from? You don't want to know. Like, for the record, I will say, and this goes probably for a lot of TV shows, but with this show, it hit me especially hard in that you have to suspend disbelief so hard, even for <laughs> a show like this, for it to work. Yeah. Because these guys have unlimited revenue from fraudulent credit cards. And if it was just those two, they'd be like, okay, it's far-fetched, but I get it. They're just really good at what they do. But given the fact that it's an entire underground community, and we're right. talking, and a lot of these guys aren't exactly brain trust. They're just like general, I'm drinking, I'm shooting type guys, but they're committing extreme credit card fraud. And they've never been busted for it, ever. Not to not to mention impersonating FBI agents, police officers, Constantly. parks and rec people. I mean, for 14 years they've they've been pulling this off without getting caught. It's astounding stuff. It's astounding. <laughs> and yet, I just kind of let it go for the most part. I almost want there to finally be an episode where it's like, look, how are you guys? Who's running the actual credit oh, card? You know, scheme? you know that's got to be coming up. They've 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 they've. They've uh, milked every well they could probably think of on this show. But let's, they did um, that a little bit. There was one yeah. episode oh, where yeah? there was, or at least a little episode arc where, like, some FBI agent was on their their tail for a little while for like fraud, and it ended up going away somehow. And I don't oh, that's know right. That was, was when they, that's what it was. That was when they were they got ended up locked in that precinct because they get arrested. Yes. And then yeah. all the monsters rush the precinct and they have to fight their way out. And either the guy gets killed there. Or he sees what's going on and lets it go. He's like, I can't arrest you guys if this is what you're doing. All right, well, we need to move on to our next track because <laughs> Never! I need to step out. Sammy! <laughs> Sammy, no! Ed, what's your, uh, what's your next one? All right, so the next song I've got is uh, Back Alleys and Apartments, and this is from uh, the game Constantine on the PS2, and this is by composer Paul Weir.
You're listening to Back Alleys and Apartments from the game Constantine for the PlayStation 2. This is composed by Paul Weir. Dude, you bring in you bring in the bass. You bring in like that not safe for work bass. Mm-hmm. This is the bass that like this makes you feel something. This is this makes me feel good, but like good in an adult way. This is kind of rattles your chair a little bit oh, in the right my, ways. Yeah, this is some oh man. That is fantastic. I'm loving this stuff. Hey, you got me trying to remember mm. Constantine. Like, if I remember correctly, isn't he? He's a supernatural detective too, right? Yeah. So it was a, it was a Vertigo comic. You know right. that that mature DC comics line um, that was popular around like the early 2000s. And uh, so this is the game that's based on the movie, um, starring Keanu Reeves. Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah. I, I, that's where I remember. I knew, I knew it was a comic, but I know Constantine through that movie because I really liked that movie. Those demons yeah. really had him feeling bummed. It was good. I think the, I think the, the comic was actually called Hellshock or something like oh, that. Oh, Hell, Hellblazer. Yeah, Hellblazer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I felt like this really matched the supernatural aesthetic because there is um, a lot of dealings with heaven and hell in the later seasons of Supernatural. Yeah. So they're dealing with demons and angels and that's exactly what what John Constantine deals with. And there's a lot of uh, like holy artifacts and stuff that demons and angels are kind of wrestling over. uh, And demons and and angels, well at least the angels kind of disguise themselves as regular people that Mm -hmm. walk around and the demons kind of do too. So there's, there's actually a lot of similarities between Supernatural and Constantine. And the movie is pretty good. Like I actually like had a really slow day at work today, so I just kind of like turned on Netflix and watched the whole Constantine. <laughs> movie. That's awesome. I had a slow day at work, so I got some popcorn. I was like, it's, it's podcast prep, you know. So, um, but actually, it was, it was a pretty good movie. It, yeah, it, it feels like. Um, Wait, that was your first time watching it? Was during was today? Yeah, actually, it oh, was. Wow. Nice. Um, I, f- I feel like after watching 14 years of Supernatural, the impact of Constantine wasn't as great as it would have been. Sure. Yeah. Because you're, I'm kind of used to all this stuff, and it almost feels like normal media to me. But mm-hmm. I think you know the concept itself was probably pretty new when the comic came out. So kind yeah. of like updating and modernizing the concepts of all these uh, demons and angels that are kind of like walking the earth in modern day. So that's yeah. kind of exactly what Supernatural does. And it's executed in a, in a pretty good way. It's okay. funny, um, uh, Christy and I, we went to, we took a, a vacation to Paris. Oh my gosh, like seven, eight years ago maybe even longer for like about a couple weeks. And in the apartment that we rented, there was like a bootleg DVD that had almost every Keanu Reeves movie ever on it. Awesome. And so the, so that every night that we stayed there, we watched a new Keanu Reeves movie. And was one like, of them Constantine? <laughs> yeah, one of, one of them was, it was like Point Break and um, Speed and uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. And this one was on there and I was like, awesome. I wonder, didn't Constantine have like a short-lived television show too? That's true. I saw that. I it think did. it was recently canceled or canceled fairly recently it went like two seasons i think yeah so i don't know much about that but man this is this is some good stuff so um ed you said that you've got um yeah something for us i do so kind of inspired by your uh third anniversary podcast you had that that quiz at the end of the that double dragon quiz yeah i uh, put together a little supernatural quiz for you guys all right so uh, eight questions. They're not too hard. I didn't. I didn't go full on like crazy trivia. How um, many spikes are them... on Sam's head? <laughs> <laughs> and and it may let the uh, the listeners know a little bit more about the show too. So are you guys ready for question number one? Yeah. How do, you, how do you want to do? You want to do you want to answer them together, or do you want to do like one on like one after the other? Uh, Let's have him pose it. 
Let's let's start with. Well, why don't you guys do some uh, rock paper scissors to see who goes first? And if, <laughs> if one person can't oh, get okay. it right, then I then I ask the other person. All right, makes sense to me. All right. So everyone can see this. They can. No, here we go. Ready. One, one two, two, three. three shoot. shoot. Wait, that's not shooting. <laughs> there was no shoot. Through the rock. He tried to he tried to flub it. He cheated. All right, let's do this over. Oh, you're doing the house rules. It's a what? You do shoot. You got to shoot on the shoot. Otherwise, you're just oh, cheating and bleeping. Okay, ready. One, one two, two, three, shoot. One, two, two three, shoot. shoot. What? Uh, what? Not... No! Scissors beats paper every time. No, it doesn't. This when, is titanium paper. When you throw paper every time. This is titanium <laughs> paper. You can't <laughs> cut it. It'll dull the blade. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so the next live pro- uh, um, recording that we do, it's just going to be us playing rock, paper, scissors over music. <laughs> I'd be down for that. I would yeah. totally watch that. It's pretty good. I keep keep right, rock, paper, scissors. Right. I'm ready. I'm, I'm in the zone. I've got my tea. I've got my dog. I've got my best okay. friend. Let's you go. You worked hard for this. You better not miss the question. <laughs> All right. I've so, my whole so life. Supernatural features an iconic car owned by Dean Winchester. Oh, rock. Come on! What is the year, yeah. make, and model oh, of Dean's is. car? Okay, it's a nine. Okay, it's a nineteen seventy. So I think it's a, I think it's a seventy four. Seventy four. Is it, is it Chevy? Well, I'm not. Hey, you drive <laughs> one. That's the, that's, the, that's the easiest part of the question. I don't know. All right, I'm gonna say it's a nineteen seventy four Chevy Impala. That is incorrect. Oh, sorry, Purnell. 1974.1. Honestly, I have no idea what the year is of the car. I just know uh, it's a black Chevy Impala. It's a right. classic. You got the Chevy Impala part right, so I can give you half a point for is that. It is it 70s or is it 80s? It's, it's a 1967 oh, Chevy Impala. Oh, wow. 67. Okay. Okay. Yep, I never yep. keep track of the year. I don't even know the year of my own car, and it's a Chevy Impala. I only know that because they they sell it at Hot Topic. You can actually buy like a like a Hot Wheels size version of the car, and it <laughs> says awesome. sixty seven like in big numbers right on the front of it. So. Okay, Impala. I, I, I had to Thank do you. that. I, yeah, I had. It was to important. <laughs> if I did not, I'd have felt terrible. All right, ready for question two, Purnell. This one's going to be easy for you. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, we gotta get one right. Come on. How okay. many times has Dean been to the dentist? <laughs> Oh, that's a good question. Do they have insurance? Anyway. <laughs> no, they don't. Uh, so question two. Fergus Crowley is what kind of demon? He's a crossroads demon. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, you got it. Oh, nice one. I didn't, I didn't know that. I knew, oh, really? I knew he was the king of hell for a while. Well, you guys, I don't think you guys like the arcs involving Crowley, this which is, blows my mind, by the way. This is what Supernatural does to you. When like you look at a character on the show, and I say, you know what, he was my favorite king of hell. Like that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> and further, just to cover the basis for those listening, a crossroads demon general statement is it's a demon that you can summon at a literal four-way intersection crossroad mm. to make bargains with, and you ultimately end up trading something you don't want to give up. Typically, your soul. Yeah, it's, for yeah. the deal to kick. But in. it's like you get like four or five years to. Good fortune or something, yeah. Right, right. And it's the demon's job to collect souls to bring to hell to make hell more powerful. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right, cool. All right, ready for question three? Let's do it. All right, Rob, in which season do we meet the angel Castiel? The season you hate the most. And and as for a bonus, which episode of that season? Oh, jeez. Season four. You got that part right. That's four. one point. I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna stick. I'm just gonna guess. I'm 
I'm going to guess episode six. Is episode... Oh, no, wait. Well, that's incorrect. Purnell, can you give me the episode? I'm not going to get it right, but I was going to say episode <sighs> two. Mm. Mm. So close. It was episode one. What? what? No, wait, what? Oh, was it really? Oh, wow, I you didn't realize. At the, at the see- very end of the first episode of season four. That doesn't count then because the inevitable, he just shows up and he's like, who are you? Want some pie? <laughs> and the second episode, he actually says, hi, I'm an angel. My name is Castiel and I don't like pie. We have no taste buds. I feel like I should get that. Oh, man. The, um, yeah, the, the whole angel, like they, they've always like, they fought demons up to that point, but the whole angels, demons, heaven and hell situation, which goes on for a long time. I was never a fan of that whole arc. The whole like heavenly thing. They were all yeah. neutered pretty quickly anyway. Yeah, yeah. It was like these are very powerful beings, and it's like they show up. It's like once Monster Shark was like, yeah. "How does this angel handle a werewolf?" What well, better fist my, fight like everybody yeah. else does? And yeah, my favorites are all, all any of the ghost stories they do. Anything related to the ghosts, I find fascinating. I love okay, it. so you know what ghosts? That's a great lead into my oh, no. next question. Okay. Which which is which is an easy one too, I think. Uh, who are we on? Was this Rob's question? This is me. That's an easy one. Oh, Purnell's question. All right, Purnell, Purnell, you got this one. Purnell, which metal keeps ghosts at bay? Now, this is multiple choice. Is it aluminum, steel, iron, or heavy metal? I wish it was heavy metal, but I know it's not. <laughs> and it's actually sad also because I wanted to say steel, but it's actually I'm pretty sure it's iron. You are correct. <laughs> Why are you sad that it's not steel? Because I'm a steel type gym leader for Pokemon. Oh, yeah, I like that. I like uh, that. Okay, I gotcha. Good, good. Steel right. and I go way back. <laughs> All right, let's, this is great. I'm enjoying this. Thank you. Here comes Rob's questions like, okay, Sam has had five phobias throughout the show. <laughs> How many hairs are on Sam's left eyebrow? <laughs> oh, I know this one. <laughs> Actually, that is a question. If it's not on your list, I'll ask that one to you. Put the eyebrow to hair? Ed. No, to Ed. <laughs> What is Sam's primary phobia? Clowns. Good good catch, yes. Yeah, Yeah, I remember that episode, Demon Clowns. All right, all right, so uh, what am I on? Number five here. Robert. Yes. Who was Mm -hmm. God masquerading as? God was... You better know this. Oh, he was um, the... Um, the, the 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 scribe, right? The writer, the the, hand, the, the writer of God. No, yep. you got no, 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 no. What's he don't, called? Don't let him get off the hook with that. No, he's no. not. Who I was is ask his name. What's his name? With who is it? Oh, he has like he's like the name of like the creator of the show, right? No, what? Nope. Keep digging, because I know you're like trying to wince it. <laughs> no, I don't know. The, I don't know any details. I don't know the details. I've killed. I've killed my brain cells with beer and video games. What is it? <laughs> you have to tell me now. It's killing me. Pranav, what is it? So he actually master, masqueraded around as a book author. He's the guy who wrote the Supernatural yes. books, and his name was right. Chuck. Chuck. Yes. Okay, Chuck. Chuck. Chuck is God. And do you remember his last name, Pranav? Authorton. Authorton. No, no, because it's 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 the it's like the one of the creators of the show, right? It's like Charles. Ch- uh, Chuck Kripke or some mess. Oh, no, no, no. no. no, no. It's um, uh, Bobby... Uh, Singer? No. You're thinking of Bobby Singer, but Bobby. that's not. Chuck Smith. It's Chuck Shirley. 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 Who is not Shirley, you must be kidding. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. All right. Next question. 
super easy one. This is a giveaway. <laughs> Actually, on. I almost want to say hold on to that question for the next track, because then we can have another track playing behind more more some, more questions. All right, okay, cool. cool. You guys want to pause? All right, we got three more questions left, so we can do those after the next track. That's cool. All right, yeah. All right, so our next track, um, I'm going to bring in... This is this is a little, a little weird. This is from a more recent game in the Five Nights at Freddy's universe. Yeah, I'll go with that. It's kind of funny. We just talked about the clowns, exactly. and there that, you go. That's what brought me to, to research some of this. But this is from No, the, it wasn't. No, it did. This is from the game Five Nights at Freddy's World, um, and it's a kind of a weird RPG that sits in wait, after the end of the fourth game. Wait, yes. they made an RPG? It's like an action game with RPG fighting in it, and... Um, I'll talk more about the game when we get after the track. This is called 8-Bit Travel 1, and it's composed by Leon Riskin. is called 8-Bit Travel 1 from the game Five Nights at Freddy's World for the PC composed by Leon Riskin. Um, and so, yeah, so I know of the character, the brother, Sam's Fear of Clowns, which kind of led me towards looking at games with evil clowns and things like that in it. And in that episode where we learn about his fear of clowns, he goes to like a, uh, like a McDonald's Cross between no, it's like a it's like it's like a McDonald's cross between a Chuck E. Cheese arcade type place, ah. which made me think of Five Nights at Freddy's. And then the more you read about the lore and the universe of Five Nights at Freddy's, the more you realize the game is a has a lot of like alternate dimension, like weird elements to it that kind of are hidden behind these game elements. 
So much so that in this game, which is a kind of an action slash RPG type game, when you talk to characters, you can just hit the space bar and just keep going. Or you can let it sit there for 30 seconds longer and they'll keep talking. Huh. And you learn more about the world and stuff. So this poses like a weird alternate world where um, all of these evil things are always happening all the time. And it makes you, and it's, I think it posits the, um, the idea that the reality of these past games is that evil dimension. And so being able to traverse between those two dimensions is going through like this 8-bit style video game. And that's when this music plays. It's so strange, but it's still like, to me, like, it, but the characters still look kind of like dumb, like showbiz pizza animatronic robots, you know? That is right, like Chuck E. Cheese rejects. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so the, the, the alternate universes and heaven and hell of Supernatural, along with that episode, I was like, yeah, all right, Five Nights at Freddy's. And this is a cool song. Like, it's a really interesting song. See, I've only ever played the uh, the original Five Nights at Freddy's. Mm-hmm. And the context under that was that I back when I used to work at the I used to work at a law firm many moons ago. And one day, one of my coworkers needed to get some work done, but she also had to watch her son, who didn't have school that day. Mm-hmm. So she was like, hey, Purnell, while you're working, could you also watch my kid? Which made no sense. But at the time, I was like, sure, no problem. I can do that. So this kid starts chatting with me. He was like maybe seven at the time or so. And he was trying to tell me about how scary games are. Like these scary games he really likes to play. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What's a scary game that you would play? And he goes, Five Nights at Freddy's on his iPad. Mm-hmm. And he breaks up his iPad. And he's trying to tell me how to play Five Nights at Freddy's. You're sitting in the security office shutting shutters to keep the dolls out. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. as a grown man, Talking to a seven-year-old boy said, you have no concept of what a scary game could possibly be if you're scared of this. No. Where's the fear? So are you saying that the game wasn't scary or just because it was on an iPad it couldn't Both. be scary? I'd see. Maybe, maybe I'll, 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 mm. give, I'll give credit to the possibility that if it had the full immersion effect that maybe it could be scary. But even with that in mind, I feel like there are certain elements the game needs to really have it. Like the fact I think that you're with giving fun, these kids a hard time for now. You better believe it. We because also argued over in Disney Infinity versus Skylanders. Because what's scary to you <laughs> oh, is going to be different to what's scary to someone else. Maybe. But Maybe. I got to bring this kid up right. <laughs> you got to bring this. You got to scare him in different ways. Fun fact. He has you might be watching these children. No, fun fact. <laughs> that kid is the owner of my old 3DS. I gave it to him. I was say, that kid is the owner of that law firm now. <laughs> he owns the law firm. He's got He's got my back. He's like 14 years old. But like, yeah, he you had a debate to. very, very well from that. Yeah. Sure. Oh, I set this kid up, man, because he went up there to his mom, and he was like trying to tell like all the stuff that Mr. Purnell told him. And like he was like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. She asked him, I was like, actually... I think he probably does. You should probably be listening to him. Like that's right, kid. I'm I know I know things that could get you set up in school for life. <laughs> Take that knowledge back with you. Get that five nights at Freddy's out of here. And get of course the school then I was of Purnell. Like, here, play these rated M scary games. That'll that'll really set you off. You give a you didn't give that kid manhunt. Oh, oh I, no, I would Perfect. never I wouldn't give an adult manhunt, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, no, I was talking about Silent Hill and stuff oh, like okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More psychological horror games, mm-hmm. though Silent Hill also has a lot of slashing too, but mostly psychological type stuff. Just but, give him a copy of Condemned Criminal Origins, he'll be all set. I would love to give him a copy of Condemned Criminal Origins and Condemned Criminal Oranges, because both <laughs> things would be fantastic for a child. <laughs> That's like a chocolate orange, but like when you crack it open it's just like Blood. It's, it's, yeah. It's a, it's a blood. Just, just like packs of heroin inside. <laughs> it's blood orange. Fantastic. All right, now the exciting conclusion of 
Ed's supernatural quiz. That's right. The last three questions. All right. Uh, whose turn was it? We were on Purnell. Purnell? All right. Purnell, you got this one. Who are Sam and Dean's parents? You're serious, aren't you? Oh, I'm yeah. serious. This is an easy question. It's very easy because one of them is still on the show. Exactly. Um, John and Mary Winchester. I'm sorry. John Winchester and Mary Campbell. Thank you very much. You're going to hit me with a trick question. Aren't because you? It's actually not right. Mary Winchester. So the, ca- the, Mary catalyst, the catalyst of the show is Mary Winchester dying. I'm not going into the how. Just and know now, that she's, I know. And she's now in she, it. And now she's a main character. And it's <laughs> Who has not aged. <laughs> it's surprisingly effective, though. It works. What an amazing television program. All right. And, and now she's m- maybe hooking up with, like, uh, the old dude, Bobby, who's, like, probably, like, 20 years older than her. Oh, that's so right. Cool. Kind of gross. Bobby! I'd ship that. That's cool. I'd ship yeah. it, too. All right. Rob, you ready for question seven? Uh, hit me. I'm, I'm wide open. All right, this one's a medium-level difficulty. <laughs> okay. All right, what is the full name of Castiel's human host? So every time an angel oh. comes down to Earth and wants to take human form, it has to take um, a um, person and inhabit yeah. that body. But, what? but they use the same Castiel. person. I remember that that person was, um, he was praying to find, um, he was asking God right, so to, to find more ways that he could serve him find and a purpose yeah to find a purpose and so he gave his body freely because the angels have to they can only take uh, human uh, uh, vessels that are I know, love how he's answering this question give me some time he's pronounced. answering this question like he's watching like always like oh, no, who wants to be a millionaire well when I was a kid growing up in the always, bayou always sunny and millionaire <laughs> <laughs> always sunny and a millionaire time. Oh, no, so anyway so that's that's worth I know that much um, what, uh, uh, his name though is mm-hmm. going to be Robert mm-hmm. Nichols. No, I don't know. <laughs> I, th- I, I want to say it's Robert, but I, I don't think that's right. Pernell, do you, do you know? Well, let me see here. When I was a child growing up, oh, come on. I played a lot of video <laughs> games. And one particular time, I went to the local software, etc., oh, to see if yeah. they had a nice copy of, you know, what was that game? Kendo Rage for the Super Nintendo. <laughs> the clerk was very friendly to me. <laughs> Found a nice, pristine copy. Even gave me a bit of a side deal on it because he knew I was a broke child and didn't have a lot of money. And when I said, thank you, sir, what is your name? He told me. Yes. His name was Jimmy Novak. Ah, uh, you got it, sir. Jimmy Novak. Jimmy Novak. See, that's what, what happens. A... That's why you tell stories about your childhood because it leads to answers to supernatural quiz questions. <laughs> okay. And it's entertaining, too. <laughs> sort of. Pernell. Thanks. <laughs> Supernaturally entertaining. His name was Jimmy Novak. Jimmy, no- Jimmy Novak. All right. All right. Sorry. Go Rob, ahead. last question. And this is kind of a... Oh, no. This is Pernell's question, right? Yeah. So... Yeah. All right. So, Pernell, this is just kind of a guessing question. But I think you'll get it anyway. Uh, don't be surprised if it don't. <laughs> Which character has killed the most villains on the show... Up till season 14. Now, when we say villains, do you mean like general monsters or like big bad type monsters? Any kind. Any bad any bad entity on the show. Actually, I got to outright inquire. Is there actually a place that tallied that? Yes, sir. Wow. Yeah. I would want to say Sam or Dean, but I feel mm. like that would be too easy. Like, that would be the gimme gimme. So, not Castiel. No, it's got to be like an angel because like, they like came in and did like some kind of like... Because Castiel would just like put his thing. hand on people's heads and just like, like burn them out. Like, I destroyed all the monsters now. 
And I was I'm like, I think we're talking about we're talking about on-screen kills here, not like a story of like. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I am talking about on-screen kills. Some angel that went and killed a whole den of, of vampires. Oh no, I'm talking about on-screen too because I feel like when it's Sam and Dean, they're usually like fighting like three guys, no. and there's like a whole dramatic you know scene. Whereas when it's angels, it's like touch heads, like. Pfft. All right, I'm gonna get. I'm so talking about Castiel. I'm saying Dean. Okay. Are we what about you, Purnell? Let's get let's get both answers here. And oh, see, I'm, uh, I'm locking in Castiel. We'll see how it goes. You're like, Bobby, that answer is Rufus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Pernell says Castiel. I say Dean, and the answer is? The answer is Dean Winchester. Yeah, yes. So it. wait a minute. So the obvious <laughs> question wasn't, uh, answer wasn't? I was thinking that that was a trick question because <laughs> yeah. for it to be one of the actual Winchesters is like, oh, come on. It's not Sam. Yes. It's clearly right, not Sam. You, you think about it, and, and, and it's always Dean that does most of the kills. Like Sam mm-hmm. just kind of like does all the research, and he's kind of the brains behind the operation. He gets, but he's like, he gets captured a lot. Yeah. Dean has no remorse about killing monsters whatsoever. And Sam's always a little conflicted about it. Or lots of humans. <laughs> it's true. Let's <laughs> we'll just do That's it. It's very true. Um, wow, that was really good. I got one right. Yeah. And I got so I think, every I think other Cornell's one. the clear winner in this quiz here. So. Oh, yes, totally. That's because I'm, 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 I take the family business very seriously, Robert. <laughs> I save people and I hunt things. <laughs> I get it done. All right, Pernell, what's your next track? All right, I'm going to go with an interesting one. And... It's hard to choose whether I'll go with L or B. Which one? The letter L or the letter B? Um, I guess L. All right, I'll go with that then. So this track is from... I can't do an episode involving tons of monsters and not put a track from this series in there, so let's do this thing. Shin Megami Tensei Devil Survivor. And the track title is Last Decision, and it's composed by Takami Asuna. Listening to Shin Megami Tensei Devil Survivor track title is Last Decision, composed by Takami Asuna. So, why did I pick this particular track, even though, well, I'll go on to the whole shebang. So, first of all, Shin Megami Tensei Devil Survivor, well, Shin Megami Tensei, the series as a whole, involves, just like Supernatural, pretty much the entire gamut of demons across various religions mm-hmm. and mythos. If they exist, it's probably somewhere in this game. And Initially, I was going to pick a track from Shin Megami Devil Survivor 1 because of one specific monster, that monster being the Wendigo. So Hmm. I had never heard of a Wendigo until this game had come out. (laughs) And in this game, the Wendigo is sort of an ice monster, like like a bear sort of ice creature with like sharp spiked shoulders. 
furry and punches things and is fast and gnarly or whatever. Spiky and furry and real, real strong. And then, like, when I first started watching Supernatural, the very second episode of the show features a Wendigo. It's the only episode in the series to ever have a Wendigo on it. And it was also, to me, one of the scariest ones they've ever done. And immediately when this happens, like, oh, crap, that's a Wendigo. I wonder what it's going to look like. And I was expecting, like, the monster and Shimagami to say, that was Survivor. It did not. However, (laughs) they did have weird, similar traits in that in in the show... He was immune to bullets. And in one iteration of the Wendigo and Megaton, it actually does nerf bullets. And also, it's weak to fire. In the video game, it is also weak to fire. He's like an ice type, right? So yeah. So weak to fire. Oh, okay. He, he reflects ice so and he, he takes damage from fire. Oh, so there's like some there's some similarities to that lore that they used. That's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Second reason why I picked this track. It is known heavily for the Lucifer battle and Shin Megami Tensei Devil Survivor. And for those in the know or not, Lucifer is pretty much the series' big bad throughout, even when things are going here and there everywhere. He always ends up being like the big bad at some point. In Supernatural. Yes. Yes. Yep. So, yep. lastly, and it ties the two together, or ties some of this together, so I also like, the, again, I joke about how Supernatural reflects on different types of monsters and kind of makes them always like this guys who punch things and force pushes everybody. <laughs> well... There was a particular episode of season five that went especially off the rails and brought in a bunch of outer pantheon pagan gods like Kali and Ganesh and Odin and just random gods. And their whole gimmick was they wanted to try to convince Lucifer to call off the apocalypse by offering up the Winchesters as like sort of like a currency. And of course... While one of the characters did sort of have a, um, like a, like a blood bond pack sort of ability, for the most part, they all were still doing like force pushes, and none of them had like crazy arms. Ganesh didn't have like you know like the elephant face or anything. It was just I'm a man, but yeah, I'm also much a human form. Yeah, it always threw me for lupus. Like I got to a point where I just accepted this is a show that's about drama and seeing people's expressions, i.e., humans. So yeah. whenever I hear a name like Kali, I can't expect this uh, multi-armed, sword-wielding woman to show up. This, this is a lady in a red dress, and she talks a mean talk. And they always have these guys that get killed off stream in like voracious, voracious ways, like just like boom, rip them apart. And then when the Winchesters come on the scene, it's like, well, we're just gonna push him a bit, throw some punches, like yeah. treat them like you treat everybody else. The show will be over already. But of it's, course, it's budget-friendly stuff, you know. Yeah. But I, mean, I always like to make jokes about that, but that particular episode was interesting to me because it ultimately Lucifer shows up and all heck breaks loose, so to speak. But honestly, it's I just genuinely love the show. I love the cheesiness behind all of it. I always take any opportunity I can get to make raggy jokes about <laughs> the cheap effects <laughs> and the fact that every monster is technically kind of a human for the most part, with a few exceptions like ghosts or whatever. But... I just have to make those jokey points to it. Here's a question for you, actually, Ed, because I don't think we ever got around to asking you in general. Can you think of a favorite episode on the show? A favorite episode on the show? Um, don't go I too really... far to because you almost want to recommend it to other people, too. Like This is almost a both acknowledgement and recommendation. Yeah, I, I mean, I tend to like the, the, the funnier episodes. Like I really like the one where the... Um, where Loki put them in other TV shows. Yes, that was great. Well, there was like Doctor Sexy, like they were in this like hospital drama. Doctor and uh, Doctor. like they they ended up inside like the soap opera that Dean like had this like you know 
closet affinity for um and like this this like really kind of like traditional kind of horror set so there, there's a lot of cool like I, I love it when they kind of go meta and like break the fourth wall a little bit so Those that, that was best. one of my most memorable ones yeah it's funny I, I didn't think i would be into that kind of stuff but i really am as you should be <laughs> really they're, just, they're just so good i think my favorite is so much fun Mine would still be between Mystery Spot where they're stuck in the Groundhog Day scenario, mm-hmm. the French mm-hmm. mistake when they get ejected into the real world and they have to, they're playing themselves yeah. in the real world trying to get back to their fake world. And one of the more recent ones is the one where they get teleported to Scooby-Doo. And yep. I, I like that. That was fun. That was, that was a really fun one. I love that. That was, to me, that was, as if it didn't happen earlier with the fan fiction episode, that to me was like them officially saying, we can do whatever we want, yeah. and it's going to work. I mean, it was a fully animated Scooby-Doo episode, so, and I think it's on Netflix now, so if you have Netflix, definitely check that out. It's and a lot of fun. worth mentioning, too, one is, well, of course, one of that is in season 13, so you know where to look mm-hmm. for it, but two... You don't have to know really anything about yeah, the show to watch thing. that episode. It's kind of a standalone deal. Um, but, yeah, it's just there's just so many good episodes of the show. And also, I got to mention this because it just makes sense how they go meta in this way. That there was the episode with the fan fiction. Ed earlier mentioned that they're watching a play that's about them yes. from the books that were written that. about them. Right. But they specifically make sure to reference internet fan culture. In a scene where, like, the brothers supposed to have like a sort of like secret incestuous love thing going on, yeah. and they're trying to portray on the stage, and they're like, "What the heck is this? What is this? We yeah. don't do that." But it was just entertaining to watch. The girls like, "But that's what the fans want. We got to give them what they want." I like it when they get in the cars and they're like, "Oh, that's the um, this is every every uh, every play has to end with a BM." They're what uh, the the brotherly moment? <laughs> so, I like that a lot. So good. I'm almost worried this episode is going to be a thing. Was like, if you don't watch Supernatural, yeah. check out. But guess what? You should like this kinda anyway, new, and then watch the show. You just got to watch all 300 episodes to get the feel for it. Sure. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> it I says it wasn't. Pe- oh wait, it is almost at 300. You're right. No, I think 300 was the first episode of season 14, wasn't it? Something like that. Something like that. Uh, I'm not sure. Cause I feel like I read an article where they were <laughs> saying that they're planning something for episode 300. I'll have to look into it later, though. But if it was, man. It needs to be wackier because again, two hundred was the fan fiction one, so they oh, can't you go know what? normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For I'm three. thinking of Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds and Supernatural started the same year. They just did their three hundred, so Supernaturals must be right around the corner. Oh, interesting. Come on, Scooby Natural too. Now I would love a Scooby featuring. Natural too. <laughs> what was that episode? What was that darn show with the talk Jabberjaw? They go to Jabberjaw TV. Oh, that would be great. They bring in like all this Hanna Barbera stuff into yeah, one. Awesome. That would be that would be really weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, the track is turned down. I think it's time. For the part of the show we call the bonus round. Bonus round, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> the bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes and arrangements, the family business, mm-hmm. <laughs> on the show based on the theme. Um, so, Ed, what would you bring to the table? I uh, went a little bit different than the two picks that I brought earlier. This is an 8-bit remix of the theme of the magician from the original House of the Dead, and this is a remix by Bulby.
That was Theme of Magician from The House of the Dead, an 8-bit remix by the artist Bulby. Bul- 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 I'm going to leave all this in. Bulby. Bulby. Uh, uh, B-U-L-B-Y. A really talented chiptune artist. I know we've had on the show before. I mean, you might, might have been something you brought too, but um, we've run into, we just like kind of run into his music, and it's really good. Really, it's really all very, it. very catchy. Yeah, he does eight and sixteen bit remixes. He's got a ton of stuff on on YouTube and SoundCloud. So uh, mm. I don't know. I just kind of thought of him when I when I wanted to pick something for this show, and I, I wanted to pick something from House of the Dead because I just felt like it's it's a great kind of on rails shooter that kind of reminds me of you know Sam and Dean just kind of like you know sk- sk- going through a house and trying to kill <laughs> as many monsters as possible. So um, then I saw this. Little mm. bit remix here, and I was like, "Yeah, this is really, really good. I can de- definitely dance to this." So I like that. I like that because um, I didn't even. Um, I was looking, thinking about games that would be in the vein of Supernatural. Like I didn't even. Then when I saw when you, House of the Dead, I was like, "Oh, that seems obvious. It's perfect," you know. But <laughs> um, in hindsight, so I chose a game with an iconic brother duo of Billy and Jimmy. Bimmy <laughs> from Double Dragon. This is the Mission One remix from a new artist that I discovered called Jesse Jace Thomas. Bimmy and Jeremy. <laughs> Bimmy and Jeremy. <laughs> Bimmy. <laughs>
It's like Cookie Monster doing scatter. That was the Mission One remix from Double Dragon. This was remixed by Jesse Jace Thomas. Bring in that heavy bass with that amazing little solo. It's, it's cool because they use like a really smooth kind of keyboard sound on top of this really heavy um, kind of half-step um, drum with a really heavy snare. Me like transitions. That <laughs> <laughs> that's a monster, right? That's, that's, a, that's a Sam and Dean fight cookie monster at some point. Fantastic battle, yes. That's the delicious next, cookies. That's the next crossover. That's got to be it. They need uh, like holy pu- milk to... Uh, to get rid of it. They killed me with poison cookies. Were they ever puppets at any point? I feel like there may have there been an episode where they did. fought yeah. a puppet. Uh, of course, they... the, the depressed teddy bear is still like oh, the yes, weirdest true. awesome right, animal right, right, right. they deal oh, with. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. All the, what is there to life? What is the point of it all? <laughs> tea parties. Tea parties. That is was... that all there is to life is tea parties? That episode went to some dark places it was so good really good really good so good i guess i think the whole thing was toys coming to life wasn't it it was or um, different things people's wishes coming to life yeah people's wishes coming true and she wanted her teddy bear to come to life and it came (laughs) true and the teddy bear just became absurdly depressed (laughs) it was it was really it hit hard but it was just hysterical oh that was um uh that had the kid named todd who um, he was getting picked on, and so he wished to be stronger than everybody. And so he was like, this little like kid was throwing around cars, and he was like, "Oh, fear, Todd!" <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, such a good show. Right, and of course, like right before, like they 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 they, they save the day or something. Like he's about to smash Dean or Sam with a with a truck. It's <laughs> so strange. So good love though. It. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. What's uh? What is your bonus round track, Bruno? Me pick track from game that I never play. <laughs> He's track from going called Okami. I played Okami. And title of track is Title of the Heavenly Gods, Sar Remix. Composed by Sar. Listen with cookies and milk. <laughs> <laughs>
just listened to Tribe of the Heavenly Gods from the game Okami. <laughs> it was the S-A-R-E or Sare remix composed by Sare. Um, I, this is one of those cases where I've never played Okami. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to. I think I own both versions of the game that exists and Okami Den. I've played none of them uh, because that's what I do. Um, yeah, that's a game where I got in. I wanted to get into it because of the artwork and the aesthetic and and the idea of the gameplay. But then I just I couldn't stick with it because of just kind of what it was in the end. You know, just following I, I, that that style of game of collecting things. You know, the family yeah. business. <laughs> it's it's really visually pretty, but I just never really found the gameplay that interesting. What I am interested in, Purnell, is how you got this game out of Supernatural. Because funny enough, Supernatural has featured an Okami in one episode. Oh, really? And it was an episode with my man on it, my boy Rufus. Oh, was it? It was an episode in season six where Rufus had hunted an Okami and the cops were after him because I guess someone saw him murder the Okami. So... He buried the Okami out in the woods somewhere, and he was trying to hide out from the feds. But when the feds went to the burial spot and he was about to get arrested for it, the body was gone because he turned out he didn't actually kill it. It mm. survived, and they had to chase it down. And it was interesting that they asked him, were like, what is an Okami? He's like, it's a, it's a Japanese equivalent to a werewolf is how they described it. Uh. And like, you, couldn't, you had to kill it with a blade blessed by a Shinto priest. Jeez. Oh, interesting. They did that. Um, they did that similarly with another one where they fought a uh, kitsune, which was like kind of like a, a, a cat uh, monster. Hmm. So now I gotta look that one up. I didn't even know about that. Yeah, one. that's really cool. I'll tell you more about that one. Um, but for more information about the um, bonus round artists on our show, go to rhythmandpixels.com, and we'll have links to all of their band camps and SoundClouds and everywhere where you can get the music and support these artists. Rufus was the best character on the show. Thank you for joining us on episode 16-2 of Rhythm and Pixels, our look at supernatural and the video games that are kind of about supernatural but really not <laughs> but really not ed, <laughs> thanks for maybe one thanks for hanging out with us ed and uh, uh indulging indulging in this talk with us <laughs> i hope that uh you know maybe some people kind of uh learned about the show now and they want to check it out I, i'm pretty sure you can get at least like the first 10 to 12 seasons on netflix oh yeah uh, they're out there in force yeah they're pretty sure they're up to 13 at least because um, okay. I, I, that's where I, I, I mainly watch the show there. Got to ask that question, though, because since we're talking about the show, may as well just do that thing. Favorite character from the show that hopefully isn't the brothers, because even though I like the brothers, they are not the best characters in the show. <laughs> Favorite character besides the brothers. Um, I really like Jody Mills, the sheriff. Mm-hmm. She's just this kind of badass woman who really gets stuff done. And... Uh, like has been through a lot of crap mm-hmm. and still finds time to like adopt uh, these girls and like take them in and kind of like train them how to hunt. So I think she's a real strong, like powerful uh, female role model. And I, I just love that about that character. 
Good choice, sir. Good choice. And how about you, Robert? Um, it's I can't. I, I've lost his name, but the, the kid who turned into a werewolf later on. Oh, Garth. Garth. I love Garth because he shows that you you can still be an effective, you know, bad, tough hunter, but in a different way. You don't have to. You don't have to be like Sam and Dean and 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 have all of this internal angst. You could just be a really effective, you know, efficient person. And I think and they it, portrayed I him that, that way too. Yeah. Like they were all shocked by the just, way his mannerisms and yeah, stuff. He just goes out there and does his own thing and it works and it's not in spite of it, it's because of it. I, I love that. I love I love that they show these different sides of people and it's not they're just making fun of a kid. Like it's just really cool. It's a great it's a great side of things. What about you? Well, I already kind of spoiled it earlier in the show, but my two I have two favorites cuz they're kind of linked together. Obviously, you already mentioned Jody Mills. Mm-hmm. She's a freaking awesome character. And yeah. every time they every time they reference, I was like, "Yes, yeah, an episode with Jody in it. This is great." But um, also, my man Rufus. Yeah, Rufus. Rufus was like Bobby Singer's old partner from back in the day, mm-hmm. and in the earlier seasons, he would pop up here and there, and they had this very odd couple vibe to them. <laughs> yeah, they did. That was fantastic <laughs> in their interactions. I loved it. And he was a very grizzled guy. He didn't take oh. crap from nobody. He didn't follow any real rules. And he never softened up either. No, he didn't. It was great. <laughs> I, I loved it. Rufus was fantastic, and I was God. He's such a great character. But there it is. I, I love that. We can. I almost like it has to be other shows we can do that with. But I feel like Supernatural was like a perfect tie-in, just given the fact that it involves so many different monsters. Yeah. That are in all of our favorite game or a lot of our favorite games. And and I also like the fact that for three people to only hear this episode is about Supernatural. We pretty much all came at it from different angles, Just and the music it. selections show that in, yeah. in mass. So, yeah, I liked it all. Kudos, gentlemen. Mm. Thank you. Thank well, you. If you would like to get in contact with the show, um, send an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. And for more information about the show and a full track listing of all of our episodes, access to all of our episodes, and access to all of the other fun things that we're doing, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels. Dot com. Check us out on all the like, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all those places. It's uh, Rhythm and Pixels, all in word. If you'd like to support the show, um, just go ahead and just share it with your friends. You know, uh, Christmas is coming. It can be a nice gift. Merry Christmas. Here's a link. Wrap up that MP3. <laughs> um, you can also go to uh, patreon.com slash Rhythm and Pixels, where you can support us there. You get access to uh, live recordings um, every month uh, of the uh, episodes. We do that right there on patreon.com and we like to thank all of our patreon subscribers at the end of every episode um and so every one of these people um turn into a monster at some point and sam and dean killed why would you say that about them couldn't they all brian kunkel um you know you got to about season four season five i think it was season four you turned into a demon and then you got knifed uh alex the messenger um alex the messenger he was actually the katsune um, he was trying to take care of his family, but yeah, Dean knifed him too. Um, <laughs> Bobby Arson was the mechanic working on the Impala. Um, he got run over by the Impala. Christine. <laughs> uh, I want to thank uh, the autistic gamer. Um, he was an angel, and then the angel got knifed by a demon. Uh, Mark Shrout from Gunblade X. Um, he was in a band. Um, he played music on, on an episode, but um, he died. Cameron Worma, thank you so much. I'm surprised you didn't go with the fact that they, he was playing a ripping metal track, and then Lucifer showed up and smited him because he was upset that he didn't include his name in the in the. Yeah. In the or he tried to kill a ghost with heavy metal, and it just didn't work out. 
want to thank um, minor character uh, Cameron Worma. Um, he he was um, in three episodes. Um, he he played um, a sassy I, hacker. Yeah, he played it. <laughs> I love that. He played the sassy hacker. Um, who died in an explosion? Uh, Christopher Shenstrom. Um, he worked at a diner um, selling pies. Um, Dean went and ordered a pie. After Dean left, the whole place was um, you know destroyed by uh, werewolves. I want to thank Damien. <laughs> I want to thank Damien. Oh, that's silverware. Beckles. Yeah, uh, Damien Beckles, um, the Wendigo. Damien Beckles. He was also knifed by Dean. Uh, Wicked Sephiroth. Um, Sephiroth is a Final Fantasy thing. Uh, okay, Impala. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> well, like Okay, Impala. Um, who is obviously he's the car that one episode where the Impala comes to life that's him Um, Kung Fu Carlos uh, Carlito of the Heroes 3 podcast Um, thank you for your continued support Um, and also for that one episode where you came in um, with your three Kung Fu brothers they were all possessed by the way and they were all possessed and they all got knifed I want to thank Henrik Anderson, who does a... Um, a lot of knifing in this list. Oh, I love it. Uh, does a, is, knifing's a big part of the show. Does a Commodore 64 podcast called The Camouflage. Um, so go definitely check that out. Um, also, and, he was warped inside of a video game console and then had to fight for his life on the whale, but he didn't quite make it. Got knifed. Uh, Michael Bridgewater <laughs> from the Forever Sound version. <laughs> Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound version podcast. Um, thank you for your continued support. And he couldn't for, be killed by the Winchesters because he's he's in England, so that's it's got to be Men of Letters. Yes, did him in. Nice, yeah. Mr. Ketch. Yeah, you should have known yeah. better than join the Men of Letters, Michael. Um, I want to thank Brian Pitt, who fell in the pit at the mystery spot. Uh, <laughs> Morton Gangso. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, I want to thank uh, Morton Gangso. I'm running out of um, ideas here. He got killed by the lucky rabbit's foot that didn't take that. that didn't quite come without a catch. Mm, I want to thank Chris Murray, who um, actually was uh, brewing all of the beer that Dean drinks. And then as he um, sold him the beer, um, an angel came and took his body and then got knifed by a demon. I want to thank Solus Sanctuary for all of the artwork. Of but she shouldn't have made that deal with the crossroads. <laughs> that's right. That's where the name came from. I want to thank John Jekyll so much. For your continued support of the show, he he did a séance and summoned Jingleheimer Schmidt, mm. who came in and didn't take Kali for being aroused from his sleep. There. I want to thank Joe Vasallo, um, who was Lucifer for about five episodes until Crawley kicked him out, and then of course we know how that went. Right to the knife. I want to thank Chris. Right to the knife. <laughs> I want to thank uh, <laughs> I want to thank Chris Dienerson for his portrayal of the knife. And oh, I want to thank uh, David Smith um, for being uh, a cult for the fa- his, his fan- the cult for his fan fiction that eventually got turned into an episode. Oh, thank you nice. all so much for your support of the show. Um, if you'd like to support us, rhythm and pic- patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels, and I will say a bunch of stupid stuff about you and your name. Um, that's about it for this week. Ed, tell us a little bit about what you're doing and about your show. Sure. Uh, so I do the VG Embassy, which is another video game music podcast. I just released episode 17, which is all about Tetris, featuring uh, my good friend Emily, formerly mm. from uh, VGM Jukebox and currently of uh, Sound Test Roulette. And my son Logan was on that one too. So that was a that was a really fun show. Awesome. Uh, you can check me out at the VG Embassy 
Facebook.com. And then I also do another demo scene podcast called The Impulse Project with my buddy uh, Brian Mosley from Pixelated Audio. And you can check us out there at impulseproject.info. Awesome. Yeah, Brian hung out with us um, on the live stream during our podcast anniversary. He's a good dude. He's a really cool guy. Um, I'm looking forward to listening to the Tetris episode tomorrow, so really excited about that. And we just recorded Spoiler, something. let us know. Was it, did they choose, what version to pick, A, B, or C? Oh, A all the way. That is that is Logan's, like, jam. He loves A <laughs> I love it. Come on. Favorite music of all time. It's all about C type. We just recorded something for Emily. I think it's going to be on Sound Test Roulette, I think. I think it was for Sound Test yeah. Roulette. Yeah, yeah that's, all, that's all she's doing right now. So, so I'm really excited about that. Which so, is not on my show. Yeah. Um, so that's everything. So if you um, check us out um, next week um, for episode 16-3, and we'll have something fun for you then. And then a week after that, we're going to have a special holiday episode, the 32Xmas. <laughs> the Sega 32Xmas. <laughs> that um, means we'll have one good track and the rest will be throwaway. <laughs> there's, some, there's some good 32X games out Name there. Name them. Um, there's a Cosmic... Um, back me up Cosmic here, Cosmic Carnage. Cosmic Carnage. Yep. Colibri was pretty good. I think you guys there's were a, there's, like a, there's like a Spider-Man game, right? Spider, Spider-Man. Oh, the Spider-Man game was terrible. Web of, Web of Fire? Yeah, the only was bad. Tempo um, and Chaotix are all I give. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for listening to Rhythm and Pixels. Where the Sega 32X lives on in my heart. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pernell. Thanks and for listening. We like cookies. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> have a good week. And remember, some people have, you know, the magic of plot armor to cover their butts as they save people and hunt things, thereby fulfilling their roles of, you know, taking on the family business. But we don't all have that magic lucky rabbit's foot carrying us through the day. But that does not mean as a result of which we should not do our jobs or our best to help our fellow man when if all possible. And if you don't feel all that strong about helping strangers on that long foot, do it with people you know and care about that can honestly use that extra helping hand. Whether it's an emotional bump, you know, a supportive bump. Sometimes just, hey, reach out and play a video game with them. Just let them know that, hey, you exist and you know that they exist and you want them around to interact with you and kick their butts to smash bros. Whatever it comes down to. <laughs> just be there for folks. Save people. And smash. And smash. And never make a deal with a crossroads demon. Unless, unless nope. you have the, unless you have access to their remains buried in some weird remote cemetery out <laughs> in the distance to cover your butt in the means of which to get your contract revoked. I'll give you that. Because if you don't... Their souls going to hell. They're going to get you! <laughs>